about five years ago now. Um, we had kind of planned as we were dating that we wanted to go internationally together. We had both gone separately as we were in college. So we both took a year off um, so that we could go um, give back a little bit. And once we got married, we decided that it would be a fun thing to do together before we kind of settled down and had a family. So we are committed to a year, but now that we're down there, we don't really know exactly what a year looks like. So <laughs> it may end up being a little <laughs> can i can i hear yeah but can i hear a little bit about um maybe what it is exactly that you're thinking about doing out there so what we'd like to do is we'd like to create a sustainable onp clinic there was previously a clinic um at the hospital down there that we're a part of so there's haiti adventist hospital in carrefour port-au-prince um it's kind of right on the edge of uh port-au-prince about 30, 40 minutes from the airport, 30, 40 minutes from downtown Port-au-Prince when there's no traffic. Um, so the hospital is on the uh, northern kind of edge. Haiti's kind of shaped like a C. So we service kind of the northeastern um, part of Haiti. Um, I'm not actually sure that's correct. Uh, oh, we Southwest. There we go. <laughs> it's been a long night. I flew back into the U.S. last night, so I'm a little tired. But, oh, you um, just yeah, flew so in. So we service oh, wow. basically the Southwest wing of um, Haiti, and our hospital is growing, and we're trying to kind of flex with the times. And one of the opportunities we have is we have a pediatric um, specialist in orthopedics, and he's been doing some really cool cases. We also have a lot of trauma down at the hospitals in Haiti. Um, as Haiti is a developing nation, um, they ride a lot of motorcycles and there's a lot of motorcycle accidents that um, oftentimes can result in some pretty bad injuries. So our goal is to open up an orthotics and prosthetics clinic associated with those two aspects of the hospital's mission um, so that we can better supply um, the patients and locals with prosthetic care. Ah. Um, there are a few groups that go down and visit, but the problem is, is there's not sustained care. So. Uh, we want to make something that's more sustainable and long-term and um, employ the local population so that people have access to healthcare and locals have jobs. Ah, so sustainability. You're saying sustainability. What is the problem with missionaries maybe just jumping in and then doing it for a little bit and leaving? What are some significance? What's the significance um, of that? So that's a, that's a great question. So there's a gentleman that I'm currently working with. Um, he was... Uh, he lost his leg in a gun battle. He's a police officer. Um, he was shot in the leg and amputated above the knee. So a group came through and gave him a really nice prosthesis. They gave him a microprocessor knee, but they failed to give him a charger and they failed to give him the correct pylon to use with the knee. Ah. So he received zero training. He can barely put the prosthesis on and he has a very nice prosthesis that would do really good, but he doesn't know how to use it. Oh, um, no. He doesn't know how the valve works because it's an above knee. He uses a suction valve. And so there's just some really big holes that are, that are lacking where some education for this gentleman will be able to provide a new mm. opportunity for him to walk and possibly go back to work. Oh, mercy. So can you describe a little bit for the listeners that are listening? So you're a CPO, uh, mm -hmm. certified prosthetics orthotics, uh, which means what in particular? And then can you describe that knee? Uh, just for those that are listening in. Yes. Um, so this gentleman, um, well, my background is prosthetics and orthotics. So mm -hmm. uh, 
Um, for example, most people have heard of the Blade Runner, the gentleman, Oscar Pistorius, who ran in the Olympics um, a few years back and he had prosthetic legs. Um, we do different devices, um, including those, to help people regain their mobility. <clears throat> mm. We also do back braces, neck braces, anything you can think of that you could brace, we probably can make for you. Um, so with that, what we like to do is um, just provide devices for patients and get them up and, and mobile again or um, get them back to using their hands mm -hmm. and that kind, of, that kind of stuff. And that knee? The oh. knee. Um, mm -hmm. The knee is a microprocessor, so it electronically controls different valves um, kind of like a door hinge. Have you guys seen the, the doors that hydraulically close? So if you try to slam it, the hydraulics will limit the door slamming. Mm -hmm. um, the knee is basically the same concept. So if you try and slam the knee shut um, mm -hmm. and try to, or if you start falling, the hydraulics of the knee will actually lock itself up so that you're less likely to fall and reduce those chances. So it's a huge safety feature, especially on uneven terrain, which Haiti has a significant amount of. Mm -hmm. um, it's a huge benefit to amputees to use something like that. And he's limited because the pylon, which is that part where it attaches to a foot, um, Correct. Is, doesn't uh, fit. They use the wrong part there. Um, mm. There's a part that has to connect into the knee itself electronically. Um, and that part was not used, which basically renders the knee somewhat useless. Because oh, um, no. we need some yeah. of those pylons because we have some. I've been working with a couple people, and Autobox actually going to ship us one. So right. we have gotten that taken care of. Oh, wow. Autobox willing to ship you one? How did you do that? Um, I, have a, I have some friends in the field, and <laughs> he, uh, he called one of the reps up and got in good contact with him, and they're going to send a charger and a, a pylon for us. So really oh, that's, oh, that's amazing. And from a uh, so have you met some challenges? So what is the biggest challenge you've had in your specific role right now? I mean, I know you were there for a little bit, right? So what are some challenges? Yeah, so right now what we're working on is we're kind of getting everything set up and in place. So right now we're struggling with shipping. Um, we are wow. sending a shipping container down with some tools and equipment. Um, and some of that equipment is very, very pivotal to what we're able to produce. So once that gets down there, um, we'll have some, some much be better opportunities. Um, unfortunately, with Haiti, there's um, a fair amount of, I would call it bribery, but you pay people to get things faster. Mm. Um, so in order to speed up the process, um, sometimes things have to be paid for a little extra so that you can get them through a little faster. Um, unfortunately, we've had containers, the hospital shipped other containers down, and they've sat in port for up to... I think 12 months, 16 months. Um, so it takes about three weeks to get it to the country and it what? takes us about a year to get it out of custom. So um, other processes. So we've, <laughs> we previously this year got an ambulance out in three weeks. Um, so we've, we've improved our process and we know what to do now. And we've got a guy who can help us out. Uh, so we're, <laughs> we're really making some progress there. So we're really excited. Yeah. Um, I think it's left the States to my knowledge. Um, so it should be getting there probably in the next two or three weeks. And then we'll see if we can get it out of port pretty quick. It may have left yesterday as of Friday. It okay. hadn't left yet, but they had it all loaded. Okay. So it's, it's been sealed. We're just waiting for pickup. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it might be in Los Angeles now, hopefully. <laughs> oh, mercy. Okay, any other challenges? <laughs> I mean, that's huge. Shipping, um, wow. Other challenges, it's not really an issue for us right now because we're at the hospital. Um, hospitals need power. So Haiti generally really struggles with power supply. Um, if you're rich enough and you can afford to run your own generator, you can have power whenever you want if you can afford the gas or diesel for it. Mm. Um, for most people, they can't afford to do that. So city power does happen. Um, but we, the hospital runs on city power maybe 10 to 15% of the time. Other than that, we run diesel gener generators 24-7 so that we can have a solid power supply. Ah. Um, so that's very expensive, um, is keeping the generators running. So the two biggest expenses for the hospital right now are salaries and diesel. And diesel is actually just about twice. Um, I shouldn't say that. It's diesel's quite expensive. So um, we've also had instances of the hospital running out of diesel because the country is out of diesel. The so, country. Wow. Um, it's a developing nation, and so mm -hmm. there's there's challenges that come with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have Have you thought of solar? We have, and the hospital is currently working on a program, and we're contacting USAID. Um, one of the things I'm doing while I'm here in the states is, is I have a meeting to set up with them this week. Actually, it is set up. I just have to call them, um, probably today to start kind of getting meetings set up and getting that running. So. We're working on getting solar for the hospital. Um, we're working on getting an incinerator and we're also working on an oxygen system um, is what I've been doing in my free time since my container's not quite there yet. An oxygen system? Yes, so the hospital is in need of an oxygen system. Um, one of the projects uh, my wife is working on who's a ICU nurse, um, she's helping the hospital to get a ICU up and running. Oh, okay. Um, there's not very many ICU beds in Haiti, so we would, our goal is to get eight beds up, which would significantly increase the number of beds. I think there's less than a hundred beds in a country um, that has quite a few people in it. So. Wow. Okay. So less than a hundred beds. Uh, what uh, do you mean by that? ICU beds. Mm -hmm. uh, so ICU beds. What's the significance of it? What's the difference between ICU and then just a normal hospital? Or. Um, so right now. Um, our care is somewhat limited in the severity of cases we can take. Mm -hmm. So if, depending on what's going on, we're currently not able to do as good of a job as you'd be able to do in developed countries. Mm -hmm. And so what we'd like to do is increase our level of care. Um, that's not my specialty, so I can't expound upon that too much, but mm -hmm. um, that is something that my, my wife is working on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. Excellent. Maybe sometime we can have a, a duo or you guys can both explain what's going on Absolutely. over there too. That'd be awesome. So what are the biggest surprises you've had in the last few months? Some surprises, something that you didn't think about before until now? Um, Safety is not something we focused on a ton. Okay. Um, unfortunately, there's, um, there's some instabilities that are also present. Um, the most recent one is there was a gang that was trying to move into the town that the hospital is located in. Um, wow. Luckily, the town rejected that, which was really good. Um, but the last probably two, three weeks, there's been a fair amount of, of gunfights and um, police in Haiti don't really arrest people. Um, if you're a bad enough person, they'll just shoot you on the spot. Um, so there's been a, a fair amount of um, people getting shot in local areas around the hospital. 
Oh, how are you dealing with that? Um, just staying um, in a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, it just, you just have to be a little more aware of your surroundings. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we don't go out by ourselves. We go in groups. Um, we haven't been really leaving campus too much right now. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the good news is, is it's kind of dying down now. Um, okay. It, it sounds like that kind of initial wave of push to get people into town has been rejected. Um, so undercover police um, have kind of been patrolling the area a lot and locals will call and say, hey, there's a such and such person over here. Can you kind of come help mm. us with that? Or, uh, so it's, it's really good. The city we're in is actually pretty, pretty safe, um, except for the last couple of weeks, but oh, we're, we're encouraged and it's, it's turning up for the better right now. So that's good. Uh, any other surprises that you've encountered other than safety? Um, no, I mean, we, we, we visited a year ago and we've both been to foreign countries with kind of somewhat similar circumstances. So this is kind of expected for us. Ah, and if, so you've traveled a lot, um, outside a, lot, but a fair amount, a fair amount. Um, and if you had a budget, right, let's just say there's this imaginary number somewhere. Uh, what would you spend or where would you spend the money in first if you were to have, let's just say like an endless budget, uh, what would your first action be? Um, so there's what we can provide is somewhat limited due to budgetary restrictions. So we've partnered with a company called, it's not a company, it's a nonprofit called Penta Medical. Penta um, Medical. Medical is a supplier of, well, they're not a supplier, they're an acquirer of used prosthetics. So they're based out of New York and they are helping us to provide care. So what they do is they um, gather different prosthetic devices from all across the US and mm -hmm. then they send them to places of need like Haiti, India, um, quite a few other places. Um, South America, they're quite involved down there. Um, and so they help us get the componentry mm. that being said the sockets that we're able to provide um are we're doing a plastic base for the prosthetics so that allows us to um heat up the plastic in an oven and then pull it over the mold one of the expensive things is plastic mm -hmm. um and plaster of paris um, i didn't realize how important it was um how our supply chain works in the US. Mm -hmm. Everything's readily available. In Haiti, things are not readily available. So it's a little tougher to acquire some of those things long-term. Okay. So we've been working on supply chain. So shipping things is very expensive. So getting them into the country just takes time and money. And that's just unfortunately a fact of life. <laughs> oh, okay. So if you were to have a budget, you would just increase the amount of supply that you were able to get into the country. So you'd pay for Plaster Paris maybe. And of course, for those that are listening in, we'll have some videos and some things so that you guys can see visually for the YouTube channel. And that way you guys don't get too lost out there. <laughs> um, but you do all the equipment that you would need in order to create the prosthetics. As that would be number one. And what else? Correct. Uh, number two, a living wage in Haiti is about ten dollars a day, and um, that's a that's a good salary. If you get paid ten dollars a day, you're you're making pretty good money. So we would we would love to be able to pay our staff really well, um, so that we can retain staff, and that would be a, a really good opportunity. 
I don't think that will be an issue long-term. We are planning on charging a small amount for our prosthetics and those numbers are going to reflect the local income. Um, That being said, there are different hospitals and different nonprofits down there that will also help pay for patients' prosthetics. Mm -hmm. And so the price we set won't necessarily be the price that everyone pays. Oh, I see. The the process is quite complex on having patients pay for things. Mm -hmm. And so what we'd like to do is um, set up kind of a tiered system and it it gets really complex from here, but okay. I'd so, love to offload the needs of the the patient so they uh, didn't have to pay for prosthetics. So this yeah. So uh, tiered system. So if somebody can pay for it immediately, like they can pay cash, they would just pay the amount that you set, and then as they can't pay for it, and you notice that their salary is really low, then uh, they would pay depending on their how much they've been making. Is that about? Uh, basically, yes. Yeah. So we right now we have a financial counselor at the hospital. And mm-hmm. so what you do is um, a patient will come see you and you'll suggest you need this such and such device for $100. Um, and they say, well, I, I can't pay that. Well, you can go speak with our financial counselor. They can talk to you more about that. And they awesome. can set up either a payment plan or they can um, prorate the amount or we can look for donors or we can just the hospital will lose some money on this pr- particular device or whatever the case may be. Um, some cases you're a little more willing to lose money on some cases you may, um, it just, it, a lot of factors go into it, but we have a a system right now in place that I actually really appreciate and allows for people to be able to get a device that they may not actually be able to pay for, which is a good thing. Oh, awesome. I think if you ever have a patient or maybe something, I guess we'll have to talk a little bit more on what information you can share with the viewers or the listeners here. Um, and then if you have a story or something that you'd like to share, maybe somebody that's listening or maybe somebody that's watching might want to donate to that specific person if you would need mm-hmm. that. Um, so if you're listening out there and you actually want to donate to a cause that really matters and in a specific person, um, maybe we can ha- give you that opportunity through some of the links or um, some the stories that you can share, hopefully through the clinic. I'm sure that, they have something where the patients um, keeping all the patient confidential and stuff like that. I'm sure that there's stuff like that over there as well. Correct. There actually is not, there's no HIPAA guidelines or anything like that. So, Oh, there's no HIPAA or nothing. Okay. So we would basically, we would ask the patient for permission and then they, they would either say yes or no. And we would have them sign a form. Oh, okay. That's okay. That's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Well, excellent. Um, How do you continue to learn? Uh, because how are, you, how are you continuing to learn or stay on top of your game while you're out there? Um, or is there a way where you're continuing education, for example, to keep your CPO license and things like that? And what are you doing in order to keep that going? That has probably been the place that I've been lacking most recently. Um, we're quite busy. The last month, um, I've been managing a couple uh, work crews and some different projects around the hospital because our... Um, chief executive officer or our chief medical officer who, um, Dr. Scott Nelson, Dr. Scott um, Nelson, just a quick, a quick plug, Hadybones.org. He does a really cool, um, uh, why is my mind going blank? (laughs) Haiti bones. That's a really nice blog. Um, Uh if you're ever looking for some more information on the hospital down there and that it's the projects that are being done. Um, uh, he has been gone the last month. Also our, um, 
kind of maintenance crew manager um, extraordinaire, Jonathan Euler. Uh, he also helps out with the beehive.org if you want to check that out. Um, yeah. Both of those guys have been gone. So I've been helping manage the, the labor crews and, the, and different projects that we have going around the hospital. So I have not been keeping up with that lately. <laughs> no, that's actually really good information. The Haiti Bones and the Beehive. Hopefully, maybe we can probably talk to them as well and see a little bit more on what they need as well. Um, I think that's really, really cool. Uh, but just focusing on um, – because you're back – are you back in the States? I am, yes. You're back in the States just uh, for now. When are you going to go out there? Uh, we're going back on the 28th of December. Uh, the 28th <laughs> of December. You're going to continue being out there. And I'm sure you're going to – you have to pay for the annual fee, which is going to be, what, in December or something? <laughs> for oh, your CPO, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then um, for next year as well. So when it comes down to CPO and licensing for um, our – particular field we have to pay a fee every year annually uh, just for the listeners we have to pay a fee annually and then also we have to do continuing education um, as they're out so he'll be flying out there to Haiti and um, every five years right every five years we have to have a specific number of continuing educations in order to maintain our license is this correct it's around uh, 100 class hours hours yeah 100 class hours and how do you expect to do that um so i actually depending on how long i'm there i may not actually do anything oh. <laughs> so i may just uh, kind of skip out on that i think i have right now i think i have around 16 i think i'm three years in so oh. i've got a fair amount of time to to figure that out when i get back and i'm sure um what would help probably would be like online credits if you could just run something and then take a quiz right at the end of it and there's also, sorry, there's continue. also some education opportunities. So um, when you teach a class, you can also get credit for some of that, um, some of those types of things. So there are some teaching opportunities. They do have a, um, a school down in Haiti to teach practitioners. It's a ISPO level two. I'm throwing a ton of stuff out today. ISPO so. level two. I don't even know um, this. <laughs> What's ISPO level two? So they have that in Haiti. Correct. Yeah, that's cool in Haiti. Yeah, oh, that's wow. that's associated with the Healing Hands uh, Hospital. They have a whole education section of their hospital for orthotics and prosthetics. Oh, uh, what is ESPO level two before we can? Last year. Oh, so yeah. Can we talk about ESPO level two, and then we'll talk about the school? <laughs> What's ESPO level two? <clears throat> uh, Michael, you might be better at answering that question than I will be. Sure. So ISPO is the International Society of Prosthetics Orthotics, and they have a rating system for the different schools and different levels of education. Um, level one is a full practitioner who, <clears throat> who can run their care. So that's like the highest level. That's like a CPO in America is considered a, a, a level one. Level okay. two is more like an assistant who's maybe trained in certain areas that they can they can work in, but they don't know everything about the field. And then level three is more of the technician level, which is they know how to fabricate the devices, but they don't work with patients is kind of my understanding. Is that kind of how you see it, Tim? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Oh, okay. so. And then um, on the school, um, the school part, where is that school? It's in uh, Port-au-Prince. It's associated with the Healing Hands Hospital in Haiti. 
Um, it's run out of a gentleman from El Salvador, I think runs the program. So he does distance learning <clears throat> and then he comes and visits and does practical exams. Um, I think quarterly or something like that. I think it, the program lasts about a year. Um, and that's where they do a fair amount of training. So there's also some opportunities there where I could actually go help out and teach, um, at that a little bit. That's amazing. That that's amazing. Healing hands hospital. Awesome. So they're doing a school over there and then you could teach and help out there and maybe you can get continuing education from just doing those. Um, I guess we can talk about a little bit later cause I'm sure, I'm sure you could probably record them and put them online for continuing eds for, you know, for O and P, which I can talk to you cause I actually am doing that for my business currently. The, the current business that I'm working with right now, I'm actually doing continuing education um, for somebody so I can show you some paperwork and stuff stuff that you just have to fill out um, and I'm sure that you'd be able to easily get some credits you know <laughs> for continuing for people like us uh, here in the states stuff that we would need to learn for international missions and I think that would be really beneficial for us and also for you too because I think you'd get credits for teaching that class as well like you were saying uh, what have been and I, next time we'll talk a little bit more on the Healing Hands Hospital and stuff like that because I, I'm, I think that's really cool. But for right now, what's been the biggest failure in the last year? Uh, not really failure, maybe uh, <laughs> um, difficult. Biggest struggle? Yeah, struggle, yeah. Probably the shipping container. Um, it's just taken a long time to get that moving and get it going. Um, there's so many factors that go into that. I can't fill a full shipping container by myself, so... We have a conglomerate of people filling up the container to send it down to Haiti. And so that's been kind of tough. The other thing I would say is the pandemic has kind of just put a lot of curveballs and everything. Uh, um, so that's probably been the most limiting factor is the pandemic has slowed certain aspects of what we're trying to do, especially with the container. Um, <clears throat> so it's, I think it. there's, there's good opportunities coming. So we're getting excited. Okay, <laughs> good. And anything else on the most difficult part you have anything else other than the shipping container and the pandemic which is difficult i mean the stuff that i would be thinking about is time uh for me when i'm you know listening to you i mean you're a practitioner right and you have a lot of experience and you're going out there so there's a significant amount of time you know a, a year right you're saying like a year maybe two or whatever it is this that's that's a lot of time how do you mentally prepare yourself um, to do such a thing do you ever feel like you're going to get left behind or anything like that um, um i'm i'm not too worried about that i think you you go in faith and you you trust that god will take care of you and the rest of it's not really your concern <laughs> <laughs> okay that's amazing and when i'm just going to go right into the next question which is uh what is the biggest area you're curious about or what is the most what is the thing that you're most interested about doing while you're out there um i'd really like to kind of pair with the community um romp global does a really cool program where they um it's a full rehabilitation program not just the prosthesis it's mental it's physical it's economic their program is really expanded to take care of the patient and the person not necessarily just the prosthesis. So long-term, we'd like to expand into those realms where 
um, we get people set up with um, like a financial institution and if they need like micro loans or there's some, we met a gentleman yesterday in the airport on our way back who he goes to Haiti and does micro loans up in um, North Haiti. So he, we kind of talked to him and was like, hey, would you ever be interested in coming down to Carrefour to the hospital and we could set you up with a place to stay and you could see some different people and kind of pair them with amputees to help with microloans and can help them start businesses. So there's some opportunities that go beyond just taking care of the prosthesis and the, um, the minor issue of them struggling to walk where we can help them rehab more of their life and help them progress in their life a little a little better than we're currently doing so mm. and we like to expand into those areas mm -hmm. oh wow that's amazing what is microloan uh, microloans are um, small business loans basically that are aimed at people who struggle to get money or um, in haiti it's hard to get a bank account um, you'll stand in line unless you pay somebody or you know somebody that you can get in kind of the back door mm -hmm. and sneak in you can wait in line for two three weeks to just get a bank account and then you may not even have money to put in it because you haven't been working for the last three weeks and so it just things kind of fall into the next category and it, everything is hard in Haiti I didn't really understand that before I went down there um, money is king so if you don't have money it's it's hard to do pretty much anything uh, you're you're saying everything is hard so traveling amongst like throughout Haiti is very difficult I mean without money um, eating food or food more expensive down there uh it's not more expensive but um i mean for the locals the pandemic there was concerns that they were going to shut down twenty-five thousand jobs in haiti um because the u.s isn't purchasing as much so um. it just everything is based off of a market outside of your own so there's no way to employ everyone um the hospital has different projects going on and we employ generally five to 10 people at a time. Mm -hmm. um, and we have people, probably 15 to 20 people that would love to work for us every single day. We, we can't afford that and we don't have the work for that, mm -hmm. but there's plenty of people for work there. The problem is that there's no money to pay them. And so uh, it, it's hard for people. What is the, do you know, what is the economy like in Ethiopia? What are they selling? What goods do they sell outside? Do you know anything in particular? Maybe something, one thing that they sell in particular. That, um, that known yeah, for? so one of the things, um, if you guys have ever been to Old Navy, some of their clothes are made in Haiti. Oh, okay. So oh, a lot of clothes that's factory. That's a, a super simple example of like t-shirts, clothing purchased um, in the U.S. can be from Haiti. Oh. Uh, and I'm sure it runs a little bit cheaper for labor and whatnot, to, but the exactly. shipping. Mm. Yeah. Same reason you would go to China to produce things, you'd come to Haiti to um, find cheaper labor. Uh, I see, I see. And um, I'm sure we're going to probably talk, this is probably just the tip of the iceberg. These are just some of the questions that I had before, but now looking at all these programs and things that you talked about, I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. And I would love if you could email me some of maybe the links or some of these people that you've talked about, um, such we as can, like beehive.org. Yeah. And stuff like that. Haiti bones and whatnot. Uh, do you have a website for yourself or anything like that? We don't. We're currently using Amistad International. Amistad um, International. 
Yes. Can you uh, spell? They <laughs> have been helping um, helping us fundraise. So they mm-hmm. they've been doing just they're so awesome. <laughs> I can't speak highly enough about them. But um, so far, we've raised about thirty thousand dollars through them um, for various projects and getting the container down and getting equipment on the container and different tools that we need to start up the practice down there. Um, so that is, um, that's kind of how we're, we're doing that. Oh, okay. I mean, that's, a, that's amazing. Can you talk a little bit about them in particular? What are, what are some of the belief, what do they, what do you need to do in order to contact them? Um, because those that are listening in are either wanting to do missions or interested in helping other communities or countries. So how did you get that connection? Um, so, uh, Dr. Scott Nelson, um, with Haiti bones, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. he, uh, he has been paired with Amistad International for probably 10 years. Um, he's been going oh. to Haiti or to Dominican Republic for, I think the last 20 to 30 years. Um, he's, he's been in that area of the, the world for quite some time. Um, he was originally paired with them and through marriage, we're actually related to Karen. Um, she's, uh, kind of the managing director of um, Amistad International. Um, and so she kind of does this in her free time. So she mm. she doesn't have a salary or anything like that. She just does this because people need help. And she is willing to help. Um, this is her way of kind of helping internationally because she is getting a little older and she doesn't do a lot of travel anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this is her way of giving back and helping out um, different communities across the world. So they help out in Africa. They help out in South America. Um, all across the world, they do some really, really cool stuff. So um, we got connected through them with Scott and um, had a couple meetings and set up a couple different funds to kind of route money down to Haiti. Mm-hmm. And she's been just huge for us in that. Oh, wow. If there is a link or something for that in particular, uh, we can yes. email about it. I'll put it on the comments below or the link below. And if you, if anybody has any questions, I'll put information for, well, for me and for, if anybody wants to be a part of the email that for them to email, I'll just have them email me. And if there's any questions, I'll talk to you guys, uh, when I'm, uh, when we have a conversation for the next time I am, I think that, uh, this is a great start for the podcast and I hope the listeners that are listening in. Uh, we'll go to the YouTube channel in order for us to send some videos, um, some videos that you'll be providing, hopefully. Um, and if there's any commentary or something that might help, like if you're pulling plastic or you're working on something and you want somebody to see something in particular, uh, then you will post that as well, just for visual, just for help for you guys. Also, maybe the area will put some up, but we're not asking this all at once. Just whenever you, whenever you see it, and then you can do it, then that would be amazing. We'll post it on the YouTube channel as well. And just for now, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, I'm just gonna close off the podcast part right now. <laughs> um, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I hope that you'll meet us next time for United Feed Podcast, and we'll be interviewing Tim again, hopefully in the near future. Thank you for listening. Have a good day and good night.